somebody says something I don't agree with. I don't know what I'm supposed to do as a person. I've always grappled with that. I walk up, this woman says, animals are smarter than people. I'm like, oh, jeez. I just got here. I look at the others like, anybody want to take this? Low-hanging fruit. I just took the hit over at that little circle. If somebody could step up to the plate here so I could hang around for a little longer than two minutes. But nobody else is even looking up. They're shuffling their shoes and trying to figure out the dynamic. They must work for her. Something's going on. But I couldn't say nothing. But I didn't want to make a big deal out of it either. I don't know these people. So I decided to make a light-hearted joke. So I said, oh, how do animals do on the SAT test? <laughs> just, just a little ha-ha-ha. I didn't get the ha-ha-ha. I just felt the temperature drop. And this woman glares at me and says, animals are smarter than people like case closed well I can't take that but before I could say anything she said what about the beavers forcing me to say what about the beavers so she explains to me she said the beavers are smarter than people. They know how to all get in the water and they all know how to gather sticks and bring them to one area and they know how to put mud on their tails and slap the sticks together and they can affect the flow of a river. Hoover Dam. Smart, stupid. <laughs> Human engineering, pile of muddy sticks. <laughs> so I asked her, if you hired a company to build a dam and they all got out of their trucks and they all started getting in river water and started gathering twigs and nosing them around on the surface of the water. Would you be on the riverbank? Look how smart they are! No, I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're a teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful... Look. Did that voice inside you say I've heard it all before It's like deja vu all over again Thursday, March 2nd. Is that right? 2023. Jesus. 
28 days until opening day. How you doing, kids? You are at jconthelinecom I'm going to tell you something here. Yeah, normally I do the celebrity birthdays sort of at the end of the podcast every day because I always have a hundred other things that I want to tell you about that are more important, and I want to get to them right away. I'm going to do a do the birthdays to start off today because I'm about to tell you something that if you're like me, you're going to find very, very disturbing. Okay. The kid who played AJ, Anthony Jr. on The Sopranos, is an actor by the name of Robert Eiler. Robert Eiler is having a birthday today. He is 38 years old. What happened? Was I in a coma or something for about a decade how can robert eiler be 38 ah jesus all right that um st louis downtown shooting lead story on cnn last night followed by an entire segment that went about 20 minutes this is not uh this is not anything the city of st louis needs right now and the video on top of it jeez god tell everyone you know I've said this before, I'll say it again. When you're like me and you have had an opportunity, and I see this as an opportunity to have pulled away from St. Louis to be able to look at it from the outside as opposed to from the inside as a full-time resident. Again, I'm in St. Louis all the time. I'm back and forth like crazy. And once the new radio station starts, I'm sure I'll be in St. Louis even more. But the pandemic screwed everything up. The original plan. Oh, I'm I'm getting off the point here. Um, but when you uh, have the opportunity to pull away and look at St. Louis from a distance, plus when you are able to uh, have conversations with people from all over the country, because I travel quite a bit, not as much as I used to, but I still travel quite a bit. And you ask, you know, you get into a conversation, you know, like where you're from, all this. You know, well, I lived in St. Louis for 37 years, whatever it was. Uh, you know, people's eyes get as big as pie plates and they start asking about the violence and they ask you about Ferguson and all this sort of stuff. This is the image that St. Louis has. You can build all the convention centers you want. Well, let me put it to you this way. The other city that I've been, it, Detroit made the list of something yesterday. I forget what it was, but it had something to do with violence or the most hated city or the people, the, 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 the city that people fear the most or don't want to travel to. And Detroit was number one. So you know how you feel about Detroit. Well, St. Louis is only a couple of notches behind that. I said that they should have taken all that Stan Kroenke money and put it towards uh, solving the crime problem. Just take the whole half billion dollars and pour it into solving the crime problem in St. Louis. But nobody's listening to me. Speaking of not listening to somebody, I love this. I had a hunch that something like this was going to surface. If you were watching the Super Bowl, and pretty much everybody was, you know that there was an issue regarding the condition of the field. Now, again, this is one of those fields that is natural, you know, sod, it's grass, and then they have it on rollers, and they can, you know, when they're not playing, they just roll it outside, and it sits there in the sun, and they can water it out there, and they can, you know, and then the sun helps it grow, and you have a nice, healthy slab of 
turf for the boys to play on. Well, an NFL groundskeeper who worked the Super Bowl, he's worked every Super Bowl, says the grass was slippery this year because it was watered and then covered without being given a chance to dry, among other things. He adds that the man in charge, quote, wouldn't listen to anybody, end quote. It also started to rot and emit a foul odor. They didn't even, I guess what they tried to do, they tried to sand the grass, but it was way too late. Guy's name is George, and he blames the NFL field director, Ed Mangan, who used to work under him. He says he didn't take care of it. He wouldn't listen to anybody. George, by the way, is 94, and he's had enough. This was his last Super Bowl. He says, I can't take it anymore. Me and the league are finished. They can't tell me what to do anymore. We're done. That story, by the way, from ESPN. Well, the schedule in this Murdoch trial is starting to look like we might have a verdict by the, you know, be off the weekend. And then Monday, when we reconvene here on the podcast, we could already know the fate of this guy because they got the closing arguments. We'll wrap up probably tomorrow, Friday at the latest, but probably tomorrow. And then the uh, judge will give the jury their instructions and then they will begin to deliberate. But I'll say this, and this is true of most cases like this, the longer it goes on without a verdict, the better chance there's going to be of an acquittal. Again, you have that beyond a shadow of a doubt thing, which a lot of people, frankly, don't even understand. And I can understand if you don't get it, because it just seems to me that they could have come up with a better way of explaining what they're supposed to do. So you have a doubt well, no, I only have a shadow of a doubt. Well, now you got to be beyond a shadow of a doubt. Well, what does that mean? I'm not even sure I still get it. So it's, you know, probably the best legal system in the world, but it's still shot full of holes. Do you know that only about half of all murder cases in this country are solved? I thought it was a lot higher than that. So half of the people who murder somebody get away with it. Ah, there's criminals out there. There's criminals. Imagine all the good things that humanity could have conjured up, could have produced, if we didn't have to spend so much time working on the criminal element and stopping them. Because look at all the industries that are involved in fraud. Consumer fraud, governmental fraud, legal fraud, insurance fraud, even your goddamn telephone. Look at all the computer stuff. I mean, that's probably the biggest industry in the world right now is, you know, various companies, governments, uh, software engineers, all trying to keep our internet functions working the way they're supposed to. We spend gazillions of dollars in this country and always have on military hardware, ships and fighter planes and ammunition and rockets and launchers and all that sort of stuff. A lot of it's still sitting on runways. It's already obsolete, but no politician wants to say, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to propose in my campaign for reelection that we cut back the military budget. You'd get smeared. Even if you told people the truth and the truth is that this country spends more than the next Something like the next 20 or 25 countries, most of whom are allies of ours, to add up all of their military budgets in the top 20, 25, we still spend more than that. What is the purpose of that? Especially when it's becoming pretty darn clear that the next time we get attacked, I mean, I can't prove this or anything, but it sure looks that way, that it looks like, uh, you know, the attack is going to come via the internet, via cyberspace, or, you know, some sort of an attack on the 
electrical grid, some sort of attack on our infrastructure. All the F-15s in the world ain't going to stop that. Like I said, there's a politician alive that's going to walk out there and go, let's cut the military budget. You might as well say defund the police. That was a stupid thing for anybody to say out loud. Even if you were thinking it, nobody should have ever said that out loud. Whoever was responsible for that is probably the same person who came up with global warming. Because then, every time it got cold outside, James Imhoff and these other guys, like in Oklahoma and stuff, all these guys who are married to the oil and gas companies, went out there. This fucker stood out there with a snowball out on the floor of the United States Congress. Stood there with a snowball. And see this? This is a snowball. There's no global warming. It should have always been climate change. And see, we were talking a little politics yesterday just a tiny bit here this is what the republicans do so well carl rove sat there in the white house all day and said how can we package this thing if we tell people exactly what it is if they ever find out what it is it's not gonna go but if we give it a name if we present it to people that make it sound like it's something good well then we we're halfway home and so the fat cats who own everything you know and won't pay a decent wage, those became the job creators. W didn't want to, I guess they didn't want to name anybody specifically, so they just came up with this idea of evildoers. I'm telling you, I could walk into the Democratic National Committee headquarters in Washington and fix about half of their problems in about four or five hours. But nobody's asking me. Nobody's asking me. Um, been at the store... I don't know if it's just me. Even the the gas prices are coming down. I'm paying three oh two right now for gasoline because it, it really just fell by like twenty twenty five cents over the course of the last know, a week to ten days. All of a sudden, it's driving along. Going, Look at that the guy. They messed up. The sign is wrong. And then you're like, wait a minute. They all say that the sign's not wrong. And then of course the first thing you do is fill up because you're afraid you go past there tomorrow and gas will be four fifty. So even though the gasoline prices are down, I don't know. I go into the store. It seems like everything is a dollar more. Everything is a dollar more. I think the supply chain thing was real. I don't think there's any question that the supply chain problem thing was real. I mean, you could see the goddamn boats sitting off of Los Angeles Harbor, you know. But I'm not thinking there's a supply chain issue anymore. So why is the ocean spray cranberry juice that I have every morning because I had eight kidney stone attacks and somebody said drink cranberry juice and I said it can't be that easy. But you know what? I started drinking cranberry juice. I haven't had one since. And that's been, what, 15 years now. So it could be just anecdotal. It could be just a coincidence. But I'm not taking any chances because it also could be the real deal. And I like cranberry juice. I like cranberry everything. But it used to be $5.40 for one of those big jugs. And now it's like six twenty-five. Why? I understand inflation. When I was a kid, Cokes were a dime. Now they're like, you know, two seventy-five for a bottle of Coca-Cola. You're talking about, you know, old-time ballplayers like uh, Roberto Clemente and people who, for the first time, got a Major League Baseball salary back in the late 60s, early 1970s that, that were records. And they were records because they were paying them something like, you know, a half a million dollars a year. And people went, what? Yeah, but see, you know, inflation. Now you got these guys making, you know... <laughs> 
$30 million a year. But you also have to remember that the median income when I was a kid was about $7,500 a year. By the time I got to college, it was like, you know, $30,000, $35,000 a year. I don't know what it is now. There's like an old joke about that. I'm just paraphrasing because I don't remember the joke exactly, but it had something to do with some guy who got sick and the doctors decided to cryogenically freeze him. So they freeze the guy and uh, somehow they come up with a cure for his disease a hundred years later and they thaw him out and they explain to him what happened is like a hundred years ago you got really really sick we didn't know what to do so we froze you and now you're thawed out and we have some good news well some good news and some bad news because what's the good news it's like well while you were out over the last hundred years a couple of your relatives died and they were hoping that you would uh, you know be thawed out someday and still go on living for the rest of your life so you inherited about a million dollars and the guy's like that's amazing that's the best news i could ever get well wait a minute what's the bad news so all your gas bill is due it's four million dollars good morning everybody there's your inflation joke of the day next thing to get really expensive olive oil the community of laguna beach california voted to ban the sale and use of party balloons in public they say too many balloons are ending up in the ocean and if you're caught with them you're going to be fined and they're not kidding about it either because there's so much garbage floating around in the oceans new study used social media to determine the most popular cuisines in the world i never would have guessed this in a million years i if you asked me that question yesterday at seven o'clock at night the next day i'd still be sitting there guessing mexican is, is number three italian is number two and the number one most popular cuisine in the world is korean speaking of good things to eat ben and jerry originally wanted to get in the bagel business but they ended up picking ice cream because they ended up being cheaper. And if you want to meet women, I think I got an idea for you. Women make up 82% of all hosts in American restaurants, according to the U.S. Bureau of Labor Statistics. Or you could just move to Madison, Wisconsin, where it's three women to every man in Madison, Wisconsin. I was looking at some old baseball pictures. And by the way, that was another thing. Remember what we were talking about yesterday? It was like, you know, I put something up on Facebook and then people will try to correct me or they'll make some sort of bizarre, really, really stupid statement. And it happened again yesterday. Yesterday, I put up a picture of, it's this overhead shot of the old Bush Stadium. And there's two fighter jets flying right over the ballpark. And whoever took the picture was above them. Now, you can see that picture right now on my Facebook page, the showgram with J.C. Corcoran, because what I'm doing is I'm putting up a different baseball picture every day as we count down to opening day, which is now 28 days away. So yesterday, 29 days away, I put up this great picture. Like I said, it's the old Bush Stadium. You're looking down, and you see the fighter jets going right over the top of the ballpark, and whoever took the picture was above him. Until I started really examining the picture, and there's a, you know, I can't say for sure, but I'm looking at the shadows, because if you look at the shadows that are being cast on the ground, it doesn't doesn't seem to match up with the shadows that are being cast by the plane so i say it's photoshopped so whether it is or not i don't know that i'll ever know but i've had this picture for years and i never i don't think i ever put it up because i was still looking at it trying to determine if it was real i don't like put up putting up photoshopped stuff i like putting up things that are authentic but i figured you know what the hell put up this picture it's sort of cool some union guy some farmer from southwest illinois posts in caps jc that's an old picture it's in caps so he's yelling at me and i'm thinking to myself and what's the problem with that pretty much everything i'm putting up is going to be an old picture so against my better judgment 
I sent him a note back and go, I don't get it. I don't understand what your objection is to an old picture, especially since pretty much everything I'm going to be putting up is an old picture. I got some great old shots of Red Shandienst when he was just a kid, and they're just great. I got some older pictures of some Bush Stadium stuff, Sportsman's Park, and again, I'm picking one really, really sort of classic old photograph and putting it up, putting a different one up every day as we count down to opening day. That's the whole idea. JC, that's an old picture. Boy, is he going to be disappointed for the next 28 days? And like I said, I don't even understand. Well, if he responds, I'm going to tell you what he says. I'm dying to know what the problem is. But then, I, you know, when people say something really stupid or obnoxious or, you know, violent, I always go and I look at their timeline. I look at their homepage on Facebook. And, you know, this guy's got Trump stuff all over it. So it's another heart attack waiting to happen. If you've been following along the last couple of days, you know that my old college buddy, Rick Cerrone, who was, let's see, he was PR director for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Then for 11 years, he was George Steinbrenner's assistant, the New York Yankees. Before that, he was the assistant to Major League Baseball's commissioner, Peter Uberoth, at that time in the 80s and I guess into the early 90s. And uh, now he is the executive editor of Baseball Digest magazine. Guy's got tremendous credentials, and this is the guy I used to travel with all the time back in college. He wrote for the campus newspaper. I did the games on the campus radio station. So we've known each other for a real, real long time. We got talking about the movie The Natural, because, you know, we all have dinner, and pretty much all we talk about is baseball and girls <laughs> about girls we knew in college and what they look like now then on the way back to the bathroom you catch yourself in the mirror and, and i'm thinking to myself i'm not exactly an oil painting anymore myself all right so anyhow we're talking about wilford brimley because uh rick my friend was one of the advisors a consultant on the movie the natural back in 1983 and I always laugh because people don't know this. They don't realize this. When Robert Redford shot that movie, he was 47 years old. Wilford Brimley, who you'll recall was the crusty old manager on the New York Knights, was 49. I think Wilford Brimley is one of those guys who was born with a 5 o'clock shadow. But he's talking about what a nice guy Wilford Brimley was and that they were sharing a car after shooting some scenes and they were heading back to the hotel and very sheepishly, Wilford Brimley asked everybody in the car he was sharing with if they'd mind it. <laughs> Do you mind if I stop off and pick up my dry cleaning? And they're like, Wilford, whatever you need, buddy, go ahead. But that age thing, that age thing is so funny <laughs> that Redford was only two years younger than Pop, the manager. Well, here's another one. Sally Field played Tom Hanks' mother in Forrest Gump just six years after she played his love interest in the movie Punchline. She's 10 years older than him in real life. It's hard to believe Sally's 76, Tom is 66. Scientists in China say you can lose weight by cutting your food into little pieces and scattering them all over your plate. It supposedly tricks your brain into thinking that you're eating a bigger portion than you are. I remember somebody saying this years ago, that you should use smaller plates at dinner because if you use a genuine sort you know sort of standard size dinner plate you're going to fill that whole plate with food and you are likely to eat the entire thing so if you use a smaller plate i don't know they say it works it seems to make sense my doggy turned five yesterday little luna was making the rounds because she's just a lover people just adore her first of all she was the runt of the litter so 
she is only 55 pounds, but she's five years old, and she's a lab mix. She should probably weigh about 80 pounds, but like I said, she was the runt, and so at you know she's fully grown, but about a little more than half the size she probably should be. So a lot of people always you know mistake her for a puppy. And I don't have to tell you what happens when you go out in public with a puppy, and that is the reaction that we always get when we take Luna out. So yesterday, being her fifth birthday, we uh, well first of all we hit Starbucks for the pup cup, and the lady at the window did what so many people do and have been doing for years because I was with the dog and with my daughter who's now 13. Are you having a nice morning with grandpa? (laughs) I stopped correcting people. Just let them go on thinking I'm her grandfather. But it's just like, because when I did correct people, they had this mortified look on their faces. Sort of like when somebody says, so when is the baby due? Because what do you mean? I'm not pregnant. Just hand me a shovel. I'll dig a hole right here. But it shouldn't surprise you that this comes out of the state of Florida because one of the things you do, everybody loves to do this. You roll down the window, the dog sticks his head out the window and just enjoys all the smells. There's something like a dog has something like 20 million smelling receptacles on their nose. So, you know, they're out there, they're smelling everything. And as long as you're careful, it's probably not the safest thing to do, I understand, because if you get in an accident, you get T-boned or something like that, the dog doesn't stand much of a chance. It would be like before we had mandatory seatbelts and people would just go flying across the inside of the car and go right through the front windshield. So somebody, some legislator in the state of Florida said, well, let's make it illegal. I'm not doing anything today. Florida, considering a new law that would make it illegal to let your dog stick its head out of the window while you're driving. And while that's going on, they also want to make it illegal to declaw cats. And all that will do is keep people from adopting cats. Because when I was much younger, I was just a kid in my 20s, I had some cats, I didn't declaw them because it was too expensive, I couldn't afford it, and they just ruined everything in the apartment everything there was so if you're gonna leave if you're gonna let a cat outside whatever you do don't ever declaw the cat because it can't protect itself from predators but if you're gonna have a house cat the cat's never gonna go outside which is how we treat our cats you, you, you gotta get them declawed or they'll ruin everything in the place so if you tell people you can't declaw your cat people are just gonna go well then we we can't have a cat and that's no fair they also want to ban the sale of rabbits in the lead up to Easter because so many people abandon them later on. People are fucked up. There's that um, it's a website. It comes in on Facebook all the time. I posted one yesterday. It's called The Dodo, D-O-D-O, The Dodo. And they uh, do these stories generally about dogs who are abandoned, abused, dogs who were in some sort of a program involving chemical testing, dogs that have never felt the feeling of grass under their paws. And these poor things are shaking like a leaf. They're looking for someplace to hide. They have no social skills at all. They're terrified. A lot of them are just filthy, sick, heartworm, just injuries, missing limbs, all sorts of stuff. And you think, by the way, that this stuff only happens in you know, St. Francis County or something. I, I hate to pick on St. Francis County, but you got a problem down there with uh, the PR and the puppy mills and all that and, and quite a few places in the state of Missouri, as you know. But it happens everywhere. I, I think I told this story a couple of months ago. I used to live in Ladue, right in Jack Buck's old neighborhood, right behind that schnooks at Clayton Road and Lindbergh, okay? There's a subdivision in there, and I used to live in there. And down the hill, 
from us behind quite a bit of trees, we would hear this dog just barking continuously, just day and night this dog was barking. And so I finally went down there to figure out what the hell was going on. And I did something I probably shouldn't have done. I went on somebody else's property, but I had to because I wanted to see what was going on. And sure enough, there's a beagle just sitting there looking at me on a chain leash that was couldn't have been more than three or four feet long. And I'll say three. And the poor dog was just standing there looking at me. And it's like, well, now I understand why you're barking. I called the Humane Society. I called the police. I called a lot of people. And there was really no relief. There was really nothing that anybody said they could do. The dog didn't look injured. And it had water. It's like, if this is the way they want to treat their animal, they get to do it. I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. There's no law against what they're doing? There wasn't. Then I got into it with the kid. They had a uh, like a 17, 18-year-old kid. And he came at me. He came, This is in fucking Ladue. And he comes at me like he's going to kick the shit out of me. So you think this only happens in low socioeconomic circles? Mm-mm. But, you know, the dodo can trick your brain because you're sitting there and you're watching this horrific story with this unbelievable ending. It's just so heartwarming when you see these dogs just running around and playing with the other dogs and chewing on stuff and loving on people. And you watch it and you're like, oh, my God, it just makes you feel so good, particularly if you're an animal lover, particularly if you're a dog lover. And it just shows you how your brain works. You remember the last thing you saw. Your brain remembers the last of anything that happened. You know, that's why when you get in the car and you drive to work and you're listening to a song, the very last song you hear, that song sticks in your head for the rest of the day. We built this city on rock and roll. Oh, it's nine o'clock. I better get inside. Four o'clock in the afternoon, you're sitting there and you catch yourself going, we built this city on rock and roll. Whoa, man. And so with the dodo, you forget. How creepy the story began. How awful people are with pets. Just seems like there's very little middle ground. You know, either the dog is being abused or you're taking it around getting a pup cup and (laughs) showing off your dog on its fifth birthday. No middle ground. Let's look at the calendar here. 1986. It was night number two of Stephen Wright at the old Westport Theater. I was emceeing that. In 1993, two things happened on this date. Number one, in the Post-Dispatch, I was was in the Weatherbird cartoon on the front page of the Post-Dispatch. I still have that frame down the hall. Also on that same date in 1993, Ann Keefe, the big pain in the ass at KMOX, announced that she was retiring. Don't let the door hit you in your wrinkled ass on the way out. 2004, on today's date, we had to sit through about three hours of sensitivity training with regard to indecency. You know why? Because it was in the shadow, sort of in the aftermath of the Janet Jackson, quote unquote, wardrobe malfunction with uh, Justin Timberlake, which is a bunch of bullshit. They planned that. They executed it. There was no malfunction. It did exactly what it was supposed to do. And Congress gets together and like, well, we got to do something about this. What uh, What was it on? It was on TV? It was on CBS? Okay. Let's take the $25,000 fine that radio stations get charged for obscenity and make it $250,000. Okay, good. Terrific, Bill. Let's go to lunch. Now, if that sounds illogical, it is. The CBS network aired the quote-unquote 
wardrobe malfunction. Congress, in response to it, said, let's tell the radio stations that if you're caught doing obscenity, it's not 25000 anymore, it's $250,000. And we're like, the fuck did we do? That, that required pretty much every radio station in America to go on a 15-second delay. It used to be that, like in 1993, when I worked at KMOX, if you were doing a phone interview or something, and you had a guest, you had something that was maybe not under your total control, you would have to go on the seven-second delay. It was very clumsy, the way it was set up, but you would talk, and it would go out over the air seven seconds later. Well, now, they come along with this machine, and they're like, this will delay things by 15 seconds. So, everything you hear coming out of a radio station happened 15 seconds before you ended up hearing it. And the button, it's called the dump button. The dump button is right in front of you, right in front of you on the control board. So if you're sitting there and you're doing something, and for whatever reason you just lose your mind and you say, I have a story here about a man who slipped and fell on the asshole. Oh, no, I meant asphalt, not asshole. Oh, shit, I said asshole. Oh, fuck, I said shit. You know, you do something like that, you just reach over and punch that thing, and it takes you back to live programming, and then it takes a couple of seconds to sort of build back up to your 15-second delay. All of that because of this bullshit from Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake. And they made us sit through three hours of stuff going, don't say penis. Like, why not? Bob, can he say penis? Yeah, he can say penis, just don't say Johnson. Why can't I say Johnson? Well, you can say, Johnson, as long as you're not talking about your dick. This is the sort of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, I've said this for years. If you knew, if you knew the idiots who are running these companies, well, I I, I don't even need to prove that because all I got to do is lay back and go, okay, what has happened to the broadcast industry over the last, oh, you know, decade, decade and a half? All but one of the broadcast companies has gone bankrupt. All but one. The playlists all sound the same. There's, you know, 50, 60 years of music that's that constitutes classic rock. So why is Casey just playing the same 350 songs over and over again? It doesn't make any sense. Everybody's broke. The industry is broke. Everybody's bankrupt. People are paying to get satellite radio. They're paying to get something that they could get for free, but they don't want it. They don't want it. But I'm the idiot. I'm the bad guy. J.C. Corcoran, don't let him anywhere near a radio station because, you know, because, well, you know, I don't know. Because what? I don't know. Just because. You know why? Because? Because I'll say what I just said. And I have a really good Louis Anderson story, but it's going to have to wait till tomorrow because I'm running out of time here. All right, late night tonight, Jimmy Fallon's got Brendan Fraser. It is Kevin Bacon with Jimmy Kimmel. Colbert's got Steven Spielberg and John Williams. James Corden is Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. And Riley Keough shows up with Seth Meyers. Birthdays today, as we said, Robert Eiler from The Sopranos, 38. Ben Roethlisberger, retired Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback, 41. Bryce Dallas Howard, Ron Howard's daughter, from Jurassic World, 42. Rebel Wilson, 43. Chris Martin from Coldplay, 46. Daniel Craig, James Bond is 55. John Bon Jovi, 61. Dale Bozio, oh man, did I have a crush on her back in the 80s. Man, Dale Bozio, 68. Lorraine Newman, Saturday Night Live, one of the first 
celebrities I had a chance to meet. 71. This is Spinal Tap. Opened in theaters on this date 39 years ago. Really the start of the whole Rob Reiner thing. That was one of his very first movies. Dusty Springfield. God, you know, I love every song in her catalog. She's fantastic. She died on this date in 1999. She was only 59. Uh, It was cancer 11 days before her induction into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Bruce Willis's wife is working with a dementia specialist to learn how to provide better care for Bruce Willis. And ever since she started, she's actually been able to understand Rob Gronkowski. And with that, the J.C. Corcoran Podcast for Thursday, March 2nd, 2023, is in the can. 28 days until opening day. We're here every weekday morning right about this time, 11 o'clock. And uh, the phone just rang moments ago with a little bit of good news. Hopefully be able to tell you about that here in the next couple of days. Have yourself a great day. Email me, jc at jconline.com. Facebook, the showgram with J.C. Corcoran. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.